Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. Why are you weeping? First, the two angels, and then Jesus. They all asked Mary, why are you weeping? You have to watch these moments in scripture. It's like text in bold, italics, triple underlined. It's like getting a shouty text in all caps. And they all knew the answer. They all knew the truth about the situation. 
the truth that would turn the world upside down. Now, I don't know about you, but there are more than enough times I can recall when I have met people who think this whole Christianity thing is a bit suspect. You may have noticed this week on Twitter, there's been a bit of a storm about Professor Alice Roberts saying, dead people don't come to life. I feel like going, well, that's not exactly what Jesus did anyway. But anyway, they say the word even Christianity with skepticism laced through it. Now, I'm not suggesting, of course, that the church has sailed innocently through history to this day, that there's so much evidence in the lives of the followers of Christ that should convince people around them that, you know, this is the true way. There are the priestly scandals that spice up the pages of the tabloids, the desperate abuse that has scarred young lives and blasted their futures the conflict within churches and between denominations, and even the sort of low-grade stuff. I have to say, I've been stunned by the flowers this morning, and I'm sure you'll agree they, they are, I think they are mostly ladies who do the flowers, <laughs> have excelled themselves this morning. Um, but we're all aware that even within small things like flowers, people can get quite upset at times. There's a wonderful cartoon um, in the Church Times I saw where they had a picture of a woman um, hanging upside down from an ankle noose in front of a window where there's a flower display and underneath it said Mrs Brown should have known that Mrs Smith always did the arrangement in the north window. <laughs> anyway, my own failure to live as I should is proof enough that you could say to myself that I can doubt all this. But when I'm reminded of all these things, I also have to remind myself of the Jesus that I read about in the Gospels, the towering figure who challenges me to the core and burns my heart with his love. And I also have to consider these words. Why are you weeping? Now, I don't know if you've yet discovered the meme, you had one job. In fact, there's a website and you can submit images. Basically, it's examples of people making very stupid mistakes with something relatively simple. This is an example I'm hoping will appear. No, it will come up. Is it there? Now it is. I think the cake icing ones are the best. So um, just Google those and you'll have fun. Um, Tom, if you want to scroll it away, you're very welcome. But um, I don't know whether it'll interrupt. I'll tell you, what, leave it for a bit of music or, or something when we're doing something else. Um, I feel like sometimes shouting, you had one job at the church, when I hear of scandals, failure, gossip and factions. And that means that even without my collar and despite its flaws, I actually don't ever want to be a Christian who keeps away from the church. Now, why is that? Because of the job we're called to do each and every Sunday, but always an echo of this most bright and holy day. The job is to say, why are you weeping? Now, I'm not the sort of person who flicks to the ends of books or Googles plot lines for films before going to see them. But today, well, Easter, I am, because today is the day when of all days the church's job 
is to do just that. To say, look, why are you weeping? Jesus is alive. But why does that make a difference? Our world is still in a mess. How does Jesus being alive make a difference to that? When I first became a Christian, I remember hearing in an Alpha talk that Jesus dying on the cross for my and your sins and being raised from death was the definitive victory over sin and death. But it was like the D-Day landings. Once those armies had got onto French soil, the victory over the evil of Nazism was assured. But there were still battles to be fought before V-Day. At that time, it made sense that we're still called to fight battles and right injustice as part of the process of cooperating with the Father so that his kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. And then I watched the wonderful series Band of Brothers and realized much more deeply what that meant. It means that some people are wounded, others maimed, and still others destroyed in this battle. That evil will still appear to triumph. That hope will seem to be lost. But if Jesus is alive, then he is Lord. And what does Jesus is Lord mean? Simply and yet at a depth more profound than I can fathom, it means he has overcome it all. There's nothing in this universe that has mastered him. And that through him, we can find a way out of the sins and addictions and habits and attitudes that ruin our lives and the lives of those around us. We can face up to the pride that demands we must have our own way. We can heal the hurts that others have inflicted on us. We can be set free from our obsession with stuff. He is Lord over our rage, our failures, our pain and our grief. He is Lord even over Donald Trump, whether he realizes it or not. And so as his church, let us step up to our joyful calling today. Let's hear those words. Why are you weeping? And remember that we are commissioned to live as those who proclaim and celebrate that Jesus is Lord. Because he walked out of that grave. Because the combined forces of hell could not keep him down. And that changes everything. That we are to take all the things that we think stand in the way of our happiness, in our lives, work, relationship, and even our idea of what God should look like and church should be like, and say to those imposter thoughts, go, Jesus is Lord. And if we don't find it easy to get our heads around the startling, mind-bending, earth-shaking fact of the resurrection, we can get our minds around the fact that Jesus is Lord because his church is here. A battered, 
defeated, tiny group of mostly hopeless men started the church because Jesus is Lord. Some of you may have heard of Chuck Colson imprisoned for his part in the Watergate stat scandal. He was converted in prison and he said this about the resurrection. I know the resurrection is a fact and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Every one was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. So let's stand up and be part of this great uprising of love and radical forgiveness. Why are you weeping? We are the church. Jesus is Lord and we are an Easter people and hallelujah is our song. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia.